Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Philippians. Today is episode 655. We're looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Let's read our passage. Not that I have already reached the goal, or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it, because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. This is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, the Philippians. Paul's had a long relationship with this church. They've been supportive of him. He's made several trips there. And they've just sent a monetary gift via Epaphroditus. Paul's sending Epaphroditus back because of his sickness. But he's also sending this letter with Epaphroditus. He's been providing some warnings to them about what we call the Judaizers. The Judaizers are a group of Jews who allegedly have become Christians. But they're saying that you must become a Jew, be circumcised in order to become a Christian. We don't know if they were actually active in Philippi at the time, but they seem to be cropping up all over the place. So if they're not there now, they likely will be at some time in the future. And they're a group that Paul's had a lot of dealings with and is always on the lookout for. So he's providing this warning about the Judaizers. The problem is their confidence is in the flesh. Their confidence is in the physical act of circumcision. Their confidence is in the following of the Mosaic law. So their confidence is in what people do, not in what God has done. Paul says, I used to have confidence in the flesh, the kind of confidence they have. In fact, I had more to count on than they do, being that he was such a zealous Pharisee. But he says that what he now knows is that that was all worthless, that righteousness is the real issue. They're trying to be righteous by acting righteous and doing things they consider to be righteous. And Paul says, you can't be righteous in God's eyes by what you do. You have to be declared righteous by God based on what Christ has done. And they said that his goal was to know Christ and know the power of his resurrection and be conformed to his death. Now he's continuing that argument now. And in verse 12, he says, Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. All right, so he says, my goal is to know Christ Jesus, to know the power of his resurrection, to be conformed to his death. And then he says, not that I have already reached the goal. So he just said his goal was to know Christ. They said, I don't know Christ. Well, he doesn't have full knowledge of Christ. And so that is his goal. His goal is to fully know Christ, to achieve complete knowledge of Christ. Now, is he saying that's ever going to happen on earth? He knows it's not, but that's still the goal. That's what he's moving toward. And every day he's closer to it. He says, no, no, I haven't reached the goal. I'm not already perfect. Now, perfect, the word that gets translated perfect here, it's the only time Paul ever uses this language. And and sometimes there's something called perfectionism, where people say that you can achieve perfection 
during this life and be free from all sin and temptation. And that's clearly contrary to the Bible. And that's not what Paul's saying here. Paul's not teaching some kind of perfectionism. What Paul's saying is to be made perfect would be that full knowledge of Christ, to be complete. And Paul's saying, I'm not a complete product yet. God's still working on me. And that's the case with all of us. None of us are complete. But the goal is to get more and more complete, to get closer to it. And that's where he continues and says, but I make every effort to take hold of it. That is, I make every effort to get closer to that goal because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Now, there's a little play on words here. I'm trying to take a hold of the goal because Christ has taken hold of me. And the goal is to know Christ. So a way to think about this is, as we know Christ more, we desire to know him more. And that's the way it should work. The more I know Christ, the closer I get to the Lord, the more I should desire to know him even more. And so sometimes we get in a slump and we're not growing spiritually. And the challenge would be, what's the problem? Well, the problem is I don't know Christ enough. And I need to know him more. And that will ignite a desire in me to even know him further. Now, verse 13, he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. Brings it back to the personal note here, brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. Well, he just said he is making every effort to take hold of it. Reason being, because Christ has got a hold of him. But now he's saying, and I'm not there yet. I haven't done that yet. I have not taken hold of it. I'm trying, but I'm not there yet. And there he's just saying simply what we all should understand is you know, we're not complete. No matter how mature in Christ I am, I can always grow more. No matter how much I love the Lord, I can always love him more. So he says, I, I'm not there yet. Haven't taken hold of it. But what I do, the one thing I do, I'm not completed yet. But what I do is forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. He's using the metaphor of a race. Forgetting what's behind, not paying attention to what's around me. I'm focusing only on what's ahead. And a good way to think about that would be, okay, so what? Now what? God has taken me this far. Well, now what? What is next? What's ahead of me? Sometimes we get so caught up in where we've been, what we've done, what's happened to us. And the question is always, what next? I often say that, you know, when something happens, we're in some kind of either a mess or, or whatever, anything we go through, the question is always, what's God want you to learn from that? Because the question is always, what now? What's next? What's ahead of me? Where does God want me to go with this? And verse 14, I pursue as my goal, back to the goal again, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So I pursue this. I'm after this goal. Well, his goal before, he said, was to know Christ, know the power of his resurrection, and be conformed to his death. Now, what's the goal? I think it's the same goal, knowing God fully, knowing Christ fully. 
So that's the goal. And now what's the prize? Sometimes we just say, well, the, the prize would be heaven. Well, that's something we look at as something we get. The prize is Christ. The prize is knowing Christ fully. That's the goal, and it's the prize. The reason heaven is so great is because we get a fuller access, fuller knowledge, fuller relationship with the Lord. And that's what makes heaven so great. It's not that it's uh, the resort destination to end all resort destinations. What makes heaven so great is that is where God is. And we get this incredible relationship with God restored, much as it was in the Garden of Eden. So that's my goal, and that's the prize. And it's promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. We often see this idea of a call, calling from God on us. A call begins with a call to know God, a call to experience forgiveness of sin, justification by faith, salvation. But then there's always an ongoing call after that, a call to know God more fully, a call to grow in Christ, to grow and keep maturing. That's an ongoing, never-ending call. So the focus here is growing in Christ. That's a question for all of us to ask ourselves. Am I closer to God now than I was a year ago? Or any time, pick any time frame in the past. Am I closer to God now than I was then? Well, if the answer is no, then the follow-up question would be, why not? And what are you going to do differently to be growing in Christ from here ahead? Not focusing on what's behind me, but focusing on what's ahead of me. What am I going to do differently so that a year from now, or whatever time frame, I will be closer to God? If the answer is yes, I I am closer to God now than I was a year ago. Well, the response is great. That's wonderful. And the question is, what will you do here on to keep growing in Christ? We never arrive until the end. And that's Paul's looking ahead to the goal and the prize. But will we keep growing in Christ? So if you're not growing, what are you going to do differently to grow? If you are growing, wonderful. But what are you going to do to keep growing in Christ? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Philippians.